helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Are you feeling resentful because you are always doing what your partner wants? Do you often say yes to requests from others when you really want to say no? Do you feel like others are taking advantage of you and you just can't stop it? Or maybe you've said yes too many times and it's just taking all of your time. If you've answered yes to any of the above questions, you probably have or is suffering from a lack of boundaries. This is your co-host Bettina Davomar inviting you to stay tuned to today's Life Transformation Show as we discuss the topic of boundaries with award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much, Bettina. And this is such a very important topic for us to be discussing today. Yes. Because when it comes to boundaries, we find that a lot of people suffer with putting in place healthy boundaries. So this topic for today, Six Steps for Better Boundaries, is a very appropriate and important topic for us to be discussing. I think especially, Bettina, when it comes to Christian circles where mm-hmm. people have this sense of wanting to help and wanting to be of service to others, it is very easy to cross that line into where you start feeling resentful and bitter towards others because you have just extended yourself too much and you're Mm. doing too many things at the same time to the point where you're beginning to feel overwhelmed. But when it comes to boundaries, we see in scriptures that Jesus had had a very good sense of establishing clear boundaries for himself. In John 6, verse 14 and 15, for example, we are told that when the people saw the signs that Jesus was performing, that they they began to say, truly, this is the prophet who has come into the world. And they actually were so zealous about what Jesus was doing that we are told in that passage that they wanted to make him king. And it was it would have been so easy for Jesus to fall into this trap of thinking, they want me to be king. They need a king. And without proper boundaries, he could actually fall into that mindset of people pleasing, where he fe- he would be- he became the king of the people. And by so doing, fall outside of the will of God. But Jesus had this very clear focus on what God's will was for his life. And as a result of that, he did not succumb to the pressure of the people who wanted to make him king. We see likewise in Luke 5 verse 15 and 16 that when the, the, the fame of Jesus spread around the regions of, of, of his time and people became aware that this man had the potential and the, the capability of doing great miracles, that we are told that great, great crowds came out to hear him and to, to be healed of their sicknesses. But Luke 5, Luke 5 and verse 16 tells us, yet he frequently withdrew to the wilderness to pray. In other words, 
the people's agenda was not his agenda. He had a very clear sense of his limitations and the need to put proper boundaries in place. Can you imagine, Bettina, if Jesus didn't have proper boundaries and all of these people came out to be healed Mm -hmm. and he's healing people from morning until night without any break because these people, they have desperate situations. Mm -hmm. What would have become of him? Well, I think maybe he probably have some anxiety issues or maybe burnout issues. Stress. Yes, depression, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> suicidality. Yes, oh my <laughs> right. goodness. And so I think that a lot of the, the, the anxieties and illnesses that people have today, not in all cases, but in in some cases, or I would even venture to say in many cases, is because they they are not able to have proper boundaries in their lives. And when it comes to boundaries, we're not just talking about boundaries with others, but boundaries also for yourself in understanding the disciplines that you need to put in place Mm -hmm. so that you don't burn out yourself. Mm -hmm. So, Michael, you know, before we delve into this issue of boundaries, I think it's important that we define the word boundaries for our listeners this morning. Yes, I think uh, when you talk about boundaries, it's coming to this understanding of what it is that you are capable or willing to do for others in such a way that you do not put too much demand on yourself or mm. or you do not become over-engaged to the point where you're exhausted and resentful and bitter. So in other words, it's finding out what you find acceptable and unacceptable Mm. with the requests from others, but also the behaviors of others. So when we are talking about boundaries, we are not just talking about saying saying no Mm -hmm. to others, but we are also talking about the behaviors of other people towards you. So if you are in a relationship in which you find that there are inappropriate behaviors that you are not pleased with, or you're not willing to accept as part of a relationship, then healthy boundaries would mean that you would have a discussion with the person and say, this kind of behavior I find very disrespectful and demeaning, and I am not comfortable having this sort of behavior as part of our relationship. So again, it's what you find acceptable and unacceptable in terms of behavior and demands from others. So, Michael, most people know that boundaries, you know, setting boundaries is very important, but yet they fail to uh, set them. Can you give maybe some examples uh, from your experience of what kind of things may prevent people from actively, you know, setting boundaries? That's such a very good question, uh, Bettina, because I think a lot of times we we operate in this kind of autopilot mode mm. where we find ourselves doing things, but we are not really aware of why we're doing them. Yeah. And I think when it comes to to boundaries and not being able to set better boundaries with others, it is often rooted in a lack of self-worth, mm. where you're trying to to appease others or to find worth by 
doing things to others. So if your self-worth is based on doing things for others, then it's very hard for you to say no. Because the more you do, the more you feel that your self-worth is being built up. I think it can also be rooted in fears of abandonment and not being loved. Mm. So people who find themselves overextending themselves in relationship and doing, giving in to that partner over and over again to the point where they realize it is all about you. There is nothing in this relationship for me, but yet they keep giving and giving. It could be because of a fear of abandonment. People also carry wounds of not feeling lovable from childhood experiences. And so they may be thriving or, or, or striving to to fill this this need of wanting to be loved. So they feel that if I just give in, I will get love, I will feel loved, or I can't afford to say no, because if I say no, then people might not love me, I might not be liked by people as much as I want to be liked and desired. So they keep giving in and giving in and giving in. And so, Michael, are there maybe some other areas that uh, boundaries are violations in relationships? Yes, there are a number of areas that I find in my practice that boundaries are violated. I think one of the very common areas where boundaries are violated is when it comes to time. So people are in relationship in which others place demands upon their time. So you might be in a marital relationship and your parents, for example, have expectations of how often they need to see you or see the grandchildren. And if you're not able to place proper boundaries to say, this is what works for us, I find that in many cases there is a silent, uh, mm. a, a silent river of resentment forming yeah. because people are, are giving in to the demands and they're extending themselves too much. So they're tired, they're exhausted, they're exhausted. They've just come back from a trip with their family, but mom is expecting them to be there at a certain time on a certain on a certain day every week. And so they might not be able to say, Today, I can't make it because mm-hmm. I am tired. So there, there are areas when it comes to time. I find also in the area of sexuality in, in romantic relationship, there, there are lack of boundaries in relation to, to uh, sexual, sexual uh, satisfaction or things that are sexually acceptable to a partner. There are some people because of their lack of boundaries, they find it hard to say no in that area as well. And so they keep saying yes, and then they feel defiled, they feel as if their their their, their physical boundaries are violated because of the the sexual demands that are put on them by their partner. And so it's so it is so sad that there are many people who go through an entire lifetime putting up with things in the bedroom that they don't find pleasurable but do not have the the temerity the 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 intestinal fortitude to say 
I don't like this or this is not something that works for me. And so someone listening to, 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 to my voice today could say, well, isn't it about also doing for others? Yes, it is. But I think those are things that you, you should be able to have a discussion around. And if you find that you can talk to your partner because of fear or because this person might be offended if you said you don't like certain things, then to me, that's not the hell to boundaries. Right. I think there is a place where you can have, there should be a healthy space yeah. in relationships where you can have healthy discussion around these areas and say, we can make compromises for each other or we can do things that are that are satisfactory to both. But if it's a one-sided thing where you are just afraid to voice your needs or you're just doing everything that the other person needs in the area of sexuality, then I think there is a lack of boundary in that area. And and also too, I think other areas in which there is there can be a lack of boundaries would be in terms of friendships in mm-hmm. relationships where some people find that the partner that they're with don't approve of some of their friends mm-hmm. and if there are good reasons i can understand but some people are just very insecure and threatened by friendship so you should be able to have a say in 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 spending time with your friends in socializing you should also be able to have a say about your opinions uh, the opinions you hold. And so if you're in a relationship where you can form your own opinions and you feel pressured to agree with everything your partner say, then there, there's a lack of boundaries. But in, in, in all, in the workplace situation, for example, people have, I should say in the workplace situation also, people have lack of boundaries in that sometimes they take on too much and they keep adding to right. the pile of tasks that they're accepting. It's a very common one actually. Yes. yes, yes. And so, you know, now that we have this really good foundation, we know what boundaries is and we know what constitutes people f- from setting boundaries, let's now delve into the six steps um, uh, that uh, of boundaries, the six step six steps for better boundaries. Yes, let us go into that part. But just before we do so, if you have just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. I am your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and with me in studio today is Bettina Dabomar. And thank you very much for joining us. If you're new to Elam Counseling, you can find out more about us by going to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M. Counseling with two L's. Ministry. You can also call us at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six. And again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Life Transformation Show. We also want to remind you that we are a non-profit organization that provide counseling from a Chris from a from a Christian perspective for a wide range of issues. And so we also provide uh, counseling at below market rate. So we count on your donations and your support to be able to provide the service that we're doing. So if you have been listening and you haven't contributed to us, to this ministry yet, 
please note that you can do so for as little as $5 monthly by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Counseling. It's a crowdfunding platform and you can support this show and this ministry by as little as $5 monthly. No amount is too little. So please do mm-hmm. consider donating. So now about the, the, the six ways, six ways better. of be- mm-hmm. building better boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think it, the, the first thing that we need to do, like if you're in a situation where you find that your boundaries are being violated, I think the first step in 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 restoring healthy boundaries is to document the ways in which your boundaries are being violated. Mm-hmm. Have a very clear picture of the the the, the areas. Is it yes. pertaining to time? Is it pertaining to to your sexuality? Is it pertaining to demands that people are putting on you? Is it pertaining to your opinion? And once you have a clear picture of these boundaries, you can begin to to assess what's the second step after documenting is counting the cost. And I think this is such an important step because many of us go through life without counting the cost mm. that our actions are having on us. So if you're in a relationship where your boundaries are being violated in any or, or all, I hope that it's not all, but if your boundaries are being violated in many of these areas that we have talked about, what is the cost to you in terms of your mental health Mm. what is the cost to you in terms of your happiness right this is so key i think michael uh, because many people don't count the cost. Yes. Yeah. People go through life just putting up with things and not realizing that it's costing them. So it's very important for them to, to count the cost and say, yes, I am unhappy because of this. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's something sexual where you can say, this is too painful. This is not something that I enjoy right. doing or I find pleasurable. What's the cost to your, right. your emotional health, your physical health, your self-worth? Mm. I think it, these first two steps of documenting and counting the cost is very important. And so we know that we need to document uh, ways that our boundaries are being violated. We also know that we need to count the cost. What is the third one? The third step in 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 building better boundaries is that you need to be able to identify the emotional reflex. And by emotional reflex, I mean that thing that drives you. And so if you have an emotional reflex, it is similar it is similar to a fight or flight response mm-hmm. the fight or flight yeah. response that we have talked about uh where we say that it kicks in and in our, in our video that we we did about overcoming anxiety and right. fear which in in 2 weeks have uh, over 10,000 views on on YouTube I think in that video, we talked about how the amygdala controls that fight or flight response. So if you have missed that show, I I think it's a good show for you to watch because it goes into more detail in, in explaining the emotional reflex. But the emotional reflex is triggered by the, the amygdala, that, that part of the brain that overrides, often overrides the rational thought when there is fear or a threatening situation. So for people who 
cannot set better boundaries. There is an emotional reflex that is driving their decisions. Mm -hmm. So let me give an example of what this might look like in the work situation. So if you're in the work situation and you're taking on more and more work and you just can't say no and you go home at night and you can't sleep because you're wondering, when am I going to get all of this done? Mm -hmm. But you go to work the next day and someone say to you, can you do this this 20-page document? Uh, can you write this 20-page document by next week? And you go, absolutely, I'll do that. And you take that on. That's the emotional reflex. The emotional reflex is to say yes. But once you have identified that you're, you're reflecting, you're, you're, you're having this reflex action to say yes, you need to identify what's driving it. So in the example of the workplace situation, this could be driven by the fear that others might think that you're lazy mm. if you don't take in, take on more and more work. Right. And so this feeling of not being wanting to, to, to seem lazy is coming from somewhere, right? So, so when you have this emotional reflex I don't want to seem lazy and it's not something that you even think about in the moment but when I sit down with my clients who are having this issue at work and we begin to probe it they will say yes that's ex that that's that's how I feel if mm -hmm. I say no and when I start to look at it do people really see you as being lazy in in the workplace the answer might be no i'm a very hard worker i have won so many awards because i go above and beyond mm -hmm. but the emotional reflex is i don't want to seem lazy, lazy. Mm -hmm. and so the, the another emotional reflex could be in in a, a romantic relationship where you say yes 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 but the emotional reflex is if i say no I'm going to be abandoned. Mm -hmm. So the That's emotional huge. reflex is this thing that bypasses the the rational thinking yeah. and kicks in. So I think it's very important for us to identify what's driving it. I've read many books on on uh, boundaries, and I think that some of the books miss this very important step, and they give practical solutions first by saying you need to assert yourself. But what I am talking about here, it's not rational. Mm -hmm. It's a reflex action that bypasses your rational thinking. Right, right. And when I sit with my clients and I begin to to assess to to talk about this, they realize that. In, in, in many cases, it's something that's just done automatically and, mm. and they're not thinking about it. But no. the reflex is, I don't want to be abandoned. I don't want to seem lazy. I want to be loved. Right. Uh, or I want others to think highly of me. I want to be praised. And these reflex action mm -hmm. are driving their, 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 their behaviors and making them overwhelmed and burnt out. Wow. Michael, that's a huge one. I think it's very common as well. And uh, so I, I think that it's really, really good that you pointed that out. Right. Now, the fourth one. The fourth step is if you can identify your emotional reflex, what's driving it? Is it fear of abandonment? Is it fear of not being loved? Whatever it is, you need to now stop and assess that reflex. Mm -hmm. So now that you know what's driving it, is this a rational 
thought. And many of my clients who, once we assess that emotional reflex, they will say, no, this is not rational at all. I am the hardest worker. My boss loves me. Or I am with a very, very understanding spouse. Mm -hmm. And if I am to say no, it wouldn't be the end of the relationship. But somewhere in childhood, something happened that is predisposing this person to feel that your voice will not be heard. Mm -hmm. And this is often driven by a subconscious, uh, uh, unhealed emotional wound that is reigning in your subconscious and overrides how you do things rationally. So I think assessing that is very, very important. What about identifying uh, these emotional? Yes, I, I think that once you assess and you can say what whether or not it's rational, it's also a good thing to be able to identify the word and the sorry the root of where this is coming from. And I think I alluded to that <clears throat> earlier. I think I alluded to that earlier when I said it's often in childhood. Mm-hmm. And so if you can identify, the Bible talks about knowing the truth and the truth making exactly. you free. Are you striving for the love of your father that you didn't get because your father was often critical and nothing that you do was good enough? So you're striving for approval, uh, maybe? For approval from your authority figures mm-hmm. in your workplace. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you had uh, a very demanding father or a demanding mother uh, that they they were perfectionists and nothing that you do was ever good enough. And so you are striving harder and harder in the workplace. And so doing a report that, 90, that is 90% accurate for you is not good enough. And so you keep working at that until you're burning out yourself and you become exhausted. These root causes are very, very important. And if you can identify them, the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. I think this is a very important fifth step to be able to identify the root cause. Now the sixth and final step, Michael. The sixth and (laughs) yes, yes. (laughs) so the sixth and final step is a step that I think comes too early in many of the books that are written on boundaries Hmm. because I think a lot of these books talks about asserting yourself and this this is the sixth step to practice assertiveness. Assertiveness. But you cannot practice assertiveness if that wound that is driving you, that that emotional reflex that we talked about Mm -hmm. in step number three, if that step is not dealt with and and step number four, assessing to see if it's rational, you cannot get to and identify the root cause, step number five. You cannot get to step number six and practice assertiveness by saying, I will not do this or I will not tolerate that behavior because it has been driven by a deeper wound. Mm -hmm. So I think it is very, very important that, that once you... Once you have have gone through this step, that you begin to practice, and it might it might be fearful at first, but 
if you take these little steps, and I would say baby steps, start slowly. Start slowly by saying no to one project and just see how that goes. And speak up about one issue with your partner. And I think as you begin to practice assertiveness, it will become easier and easier for you to do so. So if you have missed the video that we did on assertiveness, we did a whole video, a whole podcast, I should say, on assertiveness, which is also on our YouTube channel. I don't have the time to go into that this morning, but please see that video on assertiveness. If you want the link for it, then please give us a call and we'll be happy to help you. But we see that today, Bettina, this show went by so fast. Yes, I can't it sure believe did. it's the end already. Right. right. So so we have to stop here for today, but we want to thank you so much for joining us on yes. this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Remember to consider making a donation to this ministry. Uh, you can donate by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com, or you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash elim counseling remember also that we have our past episodes including this episode which is going to be going up on our website soon if you have missed the first part of it you can access this to our website and again you can find this by going to our 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 website and then accessing our social media page and the website is elimcounselingministry.com elim is spelled e-l-i-m counseling with two l's ministry.com and so we want to thank you again for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you very much for listening.